0: In this episode of How It Was, we will tell you what exactly shamans smoked, why Egypt was the main exporter of opium in the world, and what drug made you braver on the battlefield. Let's go. Seven main drugs of the ancient world. Drugs, they've been part of our lives throughout the history of humankind. Maybe there is something about the nature of homo sapiens that makes us seek that high. Just imagine how impressive hallucinations would seem to ancient people. In many cultures, drug use became part of religious rituals, everyday life, and even medicine. It isn't easy to research ancient people's hobbies revolving around psychoactive substances, since the integrity of organic matter leaves something to be desired. It's hard, but not impossible. There's still some information. Let's start with light drugs. Marijuana Hemp is one of the first plants domesticated by people. Hemp seeds, which do not contain psychoactive substances, were cooked and used to make oil. The stems were used for ropes and textile. For instance, this is an amphora from the Yangshao culture, which existed in China around 5000 years BC. The patterns on its sides are made using a hemp rope. The blossom, on the other hand, was smoked and used in medication. Recipes for hemp medication can be found in ancient Egyptian papyri. It was meant to be used to treat various inflammatory processes in the body. Egyptians called hemp shemshemet. They recommended smoking it, eating it, rubbing it into the skin and eyes, and douching the vagina and the anus with hemp brew. Mesopotamia was another location where cannabis was used in medication, yet written records don't specify if those recipes were ever actually used in real life. Some physical evidence of smoking in the ancient world was found in 2019 while digging an ancient graveyard on the Chinese side of the Pamir mountain range. Eight out of 40 tombs had wooden braziers filled with stones in them. Radiocarbon dating was used to find out the age of the artifacts. It turned out to be 2,500 years old. The sides of the braziers and the stones were covered in cannabinol. This is a product of the main psychoactive substance in cannabis known as tetrahydrocannabinol or THC for short. The amount of cannabinol helped to establish the THC content. It was higher than in wild cannabis plant which contains almost no psychoactive substances. To put it simply, when the ancient people of Pamir wanted to smoke, they knew how to pick cannabis which would get them really high. Scythians smoked in much the same way. Father of history, Herodotus, describes the procedure in detail. Scythians would make a tent around red-hot stones get inside, put seeded buds on the stones, and the smoke would make them shout aloud. For a long time, there was no other evidence of Scythian smoking cannabis. But in the 30s, Kharkiv archaeologist Sergei Rudenko found a whole smoking set in some ancient ruins near the Altai Mountains, a felt and leather tent, a bag filled with hemp seeds, sensors designed for inhaling smoke, and a bronze cauldron with some burned seeds. Rudenko assumed that Scythians used marijuana not only for celebratory or religious reasons, but also as a recreational activity. Digging into Scythian tombs in Stavropol Krai in Russia in 2013, archaeologists found gold bowls. The sticky dark traces on the bottom were sent to forensic experts, and they identified them to be a mixture of opium and cannabis. Archaeologists believed that Scythians would fumigate their tents with cannabis, smoke, and drink poppy brew, the things that must have gone on in that tent. The fact that the artifacts were made from gold and were found in the tombs of people belonging to a high rank in the society shows that smoking was if not sacred, then at least prestigious among the Scythian elite. Regular Scythians, on the other hand, probably used the method described by Herodotus. Roman authors, too, were familiar with cannabis. Pliny the Elder calls it laughing leaf, all while answering the eternal question, what do you do to ease off the high? The recipe goes like this, you have to mix pine cones with pepper and honey in palm wine and drink the mixture you obtain. We take no responsibility for the safety and efficiency of this recipe. Opium. Humanity has known opium poppy plant for almost as long as the good old cannabis. In Europe, its seeds were found in settlements dating back to early Neolithic age. One of the earliest poppy artifacts dates back to the 6th millennium BC. Traces of poppy use were found in a flooded settlement in La Mamotta in modern Italy. The analysis of poppy seeds found on that site showed that the plant was different from wild poppy. This means that it was actually grown on purpose. As soon as the first writing systems appeared, ancient authors started telling the world about opium. The first known record of opium poppy was found on a Sumerian clay tablet dating back to over 2,000 years BC. Detailed guidelines on using opium poppy can also be found on Babel cylinders with wedge writing or in ancient Egyptian papyri. Egyptians used poppy juice as a painkiller and a sedative. They would drink it or squirt it into the anus. The author of the oldest known medical work, the so-called Ebers Papyrus, dating back to the 16th century BC, recommended giving poppy juice to young children so they wouldn't scream quite as much. Ancient Egyptian poppy was known for its remarkable quality. During the reign of Pharaohs Thutmose IV, Achanatan and Tutankhamun, Egypt would sell poppy to Phoenicians and Minoans. This way, opium from the Nile river valley ended up in Carthage, Greece and then further in Europe. One thing attesting to the importance of opium poppy back then was a statue from Crete, the poppy goddess. The poppy capsules on her head have distinctive cuts on them, precisely the type of cuts made to get poppy milk containing opium. Next to the statue, archaeologists found a cylinder-shaped vase used for inhaling opium vapors. A similar one was also found in Cyprus. BEETLE While the Mediterranean region was doing its own thing with opium, in Southeast Asia, people preferred stimulators. In the Duyong Cave site of Palawan Island in the Philippines, archaeologists found a skeleton with distinctive red stains on its teeth. The age of the find is estimated to be about 4,500 years. Such traces are typical of chewers of areca nuts and leaves of beetle, a close relative of pepper. In many countries of Southeast Asia, palm, that's what the combination is called here, is widely chewed today, which is easy to notice looking at the ground covered in red spit. Areca nuts contain a stimulant called arecoline. It makes a person feel stronger, lighter, more confident, more at ease. But there is a problem. The preparation is addictive and it also causes gum inflammation, darkens teeth, and may even lead to cancer. Soma. Holy books from the second and first millennia BC, Rigveda of the Hindu and Avesta of Zoroastrians, are filled with mentions of soma or hayoma, an iconic drug, in three forms no less. First off, it is mentioned as an ingredient, but there are also mentions of it as a beverage and as a deity. Praise be to thee, O Hayoma, for he makes the poor man's thoughts as great as any of the richest whomsoever, said Zoroastrian devotees during their religious ceremonies. Indian Brahmans would call Soma a master of the world, dear to gods, a companion to gods, a god for gods. The beverage was believed to have restorative, intoxicating, hallucinogenic, and medicinal properties. It helps you live longer, wards off poverty and worry, helps the poor to feel rich, inspires singers to sing, and grants inspiration to poets. To obtain the drink, the plant would be soaked in water, strained with the help of pressing stones, filtered, and then milk and honey would be added. Sacred books describe the process of preparation but don't name the main ingredient directly. In the Rigveda hymns, Soma is described as a red child of the earth, without any leaves, flowers, or fruit, and with a head that looks like an eye. So what was this miraculous drink made from? Researchers are still debating that. The possible options for what Soma was include toadstools, poppy flowers, hemp plant, and a fedra bush. There are a lot of reasons corroborating each of those versions. Famous psychonaut and ethnobiologist Terence McKenna personally verified all of the recipes of Rigveda and claimed that Soma was the psilocybin or magic mushroom growing on cowpats. There's some logic in that. The sacred drink would be created using the feces of an animal highly respected by the Hindus. Another viable candidate is the ephedra plant. Ephedra contains an alkaloid called ephrodine a psychostimulant similar in its properties to amphetamine. By the way, in the 20th century, ephedrine was used to treat asthma. How about some evidence? In the 1970s, archaeologists dug up an ancient settlement of Gonor Deep on the territory of present-day Turkmenistan. Some researchers believe it was inhabited by ancient Indo-Iranians and was one of the earliest centers of Zoroastrianism. In the town temple, archaeologists found dishes with traces of ephedra and cannabis. In the temple of Togaloc, another settlement of that time, they found vessels with traces of ephedra and opium poppy. Maybe soma contained a mixture of various substances. We don't know that for sure yet. Native Americans also knew how to get into an altered state of consciousness. Let's start with good old coca. The earliest record of coca leaf consumption was found in the Nanchoc Valley in the north of Peru. Traces of leaves were found in excavations of ancient settlements with pieces of calcite, a mineral helping extract alkaloids from the leaves and thus strengthening the effect. Those artifacts are about 8,000 years old. It seems that coca was used everywhere in South America. For instance, it was common in the Inca Empire. Butlers, couriers, and soldiers wore small bags with saltbush ash, chalkstone, and leaves of this energizing plant. To measure the distance they've walked in one day, they would refer to the amount of coca that was chewed. Mescaline. Native Americans were also familiar with hallucinogens. Shamans would use them to communicate with spirits. There are many plants in the new world that can get you high. For instance, there are a few types of cacti containing mescaline. One of the best-known kinds is peyote, which grows in Mexico and translates from the Aztec language as glisten or glistening. The earliest records of its consumption date back to the 4th millennium BC. Spanish conquistadors wrote quite a lot about rites, where the cactus was used. They considered its effects to be devil's work and put a lot of effort into making people quit the habit, safe to say they didn't succeed peyote is still used for spiritual rites in numerous Native American communities to this day. In 2019, archaeologists found a tomb of a shaman from about 1,000 years ago in the southwest of Bolivia. In his bag, he had a full set for drug consumption, small wooden platforms for blending the leaves and inhaling them, a carved tube decorated with human braids, tiny llama-bone spatulas, which were possibly used for mixing, two pieces of the actual plant and the most precious thing, a pouch from three fox snouts. In the pouch they found traces of four different psychotropic substances, two of which are the primary components of the hallucinogenic drink ayahuasca, which is still being used in rituals and ceremonies. The Secret of the Battle Booster Now let's talk about Berserkers, the legendary warriors featured in Scandinavian sagas. Snorri Sturluson described ferocious warriors in his Inglinga saga. They rushed forwards without armor, were as mad as dogs or wolves, bit their shields and were strong as bears or wild bulls, and killed people at a blow. But neither fire nor iron told upon themselves. Berserker's strength and invincibility may well have been exaggerated by saga authors, but there is no doubt that they existed. What made them so fierce then? There are still discussions going on about that. The most popular version, of course, is that berserkers would take something before a fight. What then? For a long time, toadstools were considered the most likely product, but in 1977, during a dig into a Viking tomb in the modern Denmark, archaeologists found henbane seeds. It turns out the symptoms it causes are much closer to the description of berserkers' ferocity in Scandinavian sagas than toadstools or alcohol. However, archaeologists need more information to decide which version is actually the most likely to be true. People have consumed drugs for thousands of years, but only started fighting against them about a 100 years ago. That's going to be a tough battle. More importantly, please don't try to use any of this information at home. It will not turn you into a shaman or a berserker.